Blog Talk Radio. Monday morning, it's 10 a.m. Eastern Time, same thing as Atlantic Standard Time. But it's a Monday, and guess what? It's time for another edition of Coffee Shop Conversation Segment. And today's topic is the benefits of asking for what we need. Now, as usual, on Mondays, we have our special guest, Jed Jatenko from California. It's 7 o'clock out here. Good morning, Jed. Hey, guys. Good morning. It's great to be with you again. I, it's great to be with you, too. And I can't begin to imagine what it's like to be getting up at 4 o'clock every day and being on the air at 7 a.m. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Let's go ahead and say hello to our co-host, uh, Shatila. Good morning, Shatila. Good morning, all. Good morning. Okay, today we're going to go right into it. The benefits of asking. Jed, on your blog, you wrote a fantastic article about why we need to ask for what we need. And you began it with a passage from the Bible. Uh, Jesus said, ask and it will be given unto you. Take it away, Jed. Tell us what you mean. You know, I think most of us don't ask enough. And um, kind of the reason the topic of asking Jed, came up. Because it was something that really... Jed, excuse me. Let me interrupt you, please. There's some kind of feedback coming up. Could you check your phones, please? Or or I don't know what to do. Um, Shatila or Jed, check your phones, please. There you go. It's clear. Thank you. Okay, it's clear. Perfect. I think we've cleared everything up. Awesome. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, I was hiking with my daughter, Addison. We were walking up Iron Mountain. And um, a friend of mine had been telling me about this book called The Latin Factor. And she kept saying, Jed, you've got to read this book. You've got to read this book. And so Addison was in the baby backpack. We were getting ready to hike to the top of Iron Mountain. I jumped on my phone on my Audible app and hit the download button, downloaded this book called The Latin Factor. had no idea what I was um, getting into. And whole okay. way up and down the down the mountain, I listened to a book all about why we need to ask more, um, why we need to ask for help, um, why we need to ask other people for things that we want. And I thought, man, I don't ask enough. And then that prompted me to do some further research and dive into scripture. And I thought not only is this a good leadership tool, um, good principle from psychology. It's got a solid scriptural foundation, too. So in Matthew 7, 7, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. And then over right. 18, Jesus um, tells a kind of unusual parable. It's about a widow who goes to a judge and asks this judge for justice. And so she goes day after day, kind of knocking on his door. And eventually this judge says, 
man, I'm getting tired. This widow's going to wear me out. And so I'm yes. going to do what, she, what she's asking me to do. I thought, what an unusual parable. Because Jesus said he told this parable so that his disciples would pray and not lose heart. And I know when I pray, um, you know, I'll ask one time or I'll, you know, pray maybe even two or three times and think, okay, you know, I've asked God, now I need to stop. And yet Jesus says just the opposite. He said, keep praying, keep asking, don't lose heart. And with this parable, it's almost like Jesus is saying, man, if you ask and ask and ask and ask to the point that you think, I can't ask again because if I do, I'll be pestering God, then you're doing it yeah. right. Oh my goodness! And so, but yeah, don't for you, me this was. Excuse me. Excuse me one second. It. Don't you think we need to be careful, though? We need to be careful whether we ask it for what we need versus for what we want. You know, asking asking God to help us win the lottery for a million dollars. I don't think that will be right off his alley. What, what do you think? That's that's a great point and a great question. What do you think? Do we just ask God for what we need? Can we ask him for what we want to? Um, and when is when is asking too much? I'm curious what Shatila thinks. No. Maybe it's going to long silence. Here she is, yeah. The phone probably was mute. Go ahead, Shatila. What was the question again, Jed? Atien asked a good question, so I'm just going to throw it out to you because that's the easiest way to do this. Um, but what do you think? Should we just ask God for what we need? Can we ask him for what we what we want? We're kind of talking about the spiritual side of asking. Well, I think it's um, regardless if it's what you need or what you want, um, you should pray to God all the time, you know, and not just pray for him when you're in need of something. So I think we should really ask more so for what we need versus the wants. But you have yeah. to pray all the time or it's, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't just ask when you're in dire need at the last moment. You have to be able to pray to him every day for it to happen, my thoughts. Well, you know, let me let me digress for a minute. One, one quick second, uh, Jed, digress. I learned something way back in third well, maybe fourth grade. Uh, here goes the acronym again. <laughs> um, oh, Lord, I, I'm losing. Um, A-C-T-S. When you're praying, do it in this order. A, acknowledge God with adoration. So A for adoration. C, contrition or confession. T, thanksgiving. And finally, supplication or the begging portion of talking to God. Now, sometimes we we start praying by asking God what we want right away, and we don't even have an established relationship with him at that moment. It's just like if if our children come home and say from school, Mommy, I want a bicycle. I want a bicycle for my birthday. Well, I mean, first of all, wouldn't it be polite to say good morning, Dad, good morning, Mom, how are you doing? This is what I learned in school today, and by the way, on my birthday, could I have a, birth, a bicycle? That would go a, little, a lot further, don't you think? Absolutely. So there's a relational side of asking, and I think that goes yes. for anything. I think whether that's prayer yes. and we're asking God for something or whether it's just asking in general, that really it all starts with 
relationship. Yes. Okay. I'll be quiet so you can finish what you what you started, Jed. Go right ahead. <laughs> no, I love what you said. I think for me, this whole idea of asking was refreshing because, you know, a lot of times I don't ask because I don't want to be a burden to other people. And um, I noticed just as kind of dove into conversation with other people, so many people jumped into the conversation and said, I have trouble asking too. You know, I don't want to bother yes. anybody. I don't want to be a burden. Or people said, I just hate it whenever I get a, a no. And I think that's one of the barriers to asking too is yes. um, I know for me I can be so afraid of that word no or so afraid of bothering somebody that I just don't ask at all. And I think that's a big mistake. You know, you know, I want to share something with you that I learned from a friend of mine. And I don't practice it, but I often think about it from time to time. I don't remember where it was, either in the Air Force or in college. But this guy has a fantastic way of using only positive words in his sentences. As a matter of fact, he strips his sentences of all negative words. So you never hear him say things like, I can never do that. He might say, I will have to find a way to do that in the future. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing how he took something negative and turned it into something positive. Although he couldn't do it, he will never tell you he couldn't do it, but he will show you a way he would like to get it done. So that's one of the things that would help with, with, with asking. Instead of phrasing a question so you would get a no, can I have a popsicle? Mm, no. <laughs> if you were to say, Mom, can I help you with the dishes? Can I do this? Can I do that? And when I get through, can I have a popsicle? Mm, what do you think, Mom? Would Mom say yes at that point? Adrian, I like it. I love what you're saying. In fact, there's two kind of key points that I want to hone in on. Um, first okay. one is kind of reframing how we look at asking from the negative to the yes. positive. Yes. Because I think sometimes I think if I ask somebody, you know, I'm being a burden to them, I'm bothering them, I'm disrupting them, I'm disturbing them. But really, you know, one, when somebody asks me for something, I don't think, man, this person is bothering me. This, you know, I can't believe this person's wasting my time asking. A lot of times it's an honor. It's, hey, I'm honored you asked me to speak at this. I'm honored yeah. that you, you know, want my help. I'm honored that you're um, asking me to dive in and, and do this. And um, for me personally, I need to reframe asking as, as an honor. Um, instead of saying, hey, I'm bothering this person, hey, I'm honoring this person because this person's able to help. This person's um, qualified and accomplished and skilled. There's a lot of times that's how the other person views it when we, when we ask for their help. It's, hey, Jen thinks I'm qualified to help out with this in this area. And then the second thing is really refining that art of asking. I think you brought up such a good point that there really is an art to asking people for help, and um, it's a skill that can be learned and developed. And that's something that I'm learning is asking questions like, oh, you'd like, like to help me do this, wouldn't you? Or this is something you're really good at, isn't it? And kind of, well, yes. instead of just going yes. in for that direct ask, kind of yes. leading the person down down the path. Yes. Let um, me share with you something else. 
that that I've I've observed. I have a good friend of mine. On Saturdays, we get together and do a talk show about the Western Aid. My good friend, Dr. Leonard Richardson. We grew up together and hadn't seen each other in about 30, 40 years. And since they came back, we connected again because this gentleman is walking his pet Peter. We call him Google. <laughs> Google for short. Because anything you want to know, he knows it. Anyhow, whenever I say to him, good morning, how are you today? Oh, my goodness. It like, it opens up door to invitation. He says, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for asking. Now, he's about the only person I've ever known who would come back with a statement like that. Thank you for asking how he's doing today. Have you ever come across anyone who would do that? I like that. Well, and that kind of proves the point that yes. asking somebody honors them, right? Because he says, thank you for asking. You know, yes. kind of a, I'm honored you, you asked. Yes. It always catches me, and I have to stop. And pause and think. It's amazing. Simple little thing like that. So I've got to give you my biggest takeaway from this book, The Aladdin Factor. It's something called okay. SW times four. Oh, 18, you're going to like this because it's almost like an acronym. <laughs> so it's SW <laughs> times four. <laughs> and it stands for this. Some well, some won't, so what? Someone's waiting. And so let's going on. I want to break that down real quick because um, just something simple that really stuck with me. So some will. Um, when you and I ask for help, um, some people are going to say yes. Some people are going to jump at the opportunity and dive right in. Um, it was just about six months ago our family was going through a challenge. We asked um, just on the blog an open invitation for people to pray for us. And I was shocked at how many people left comments, notes, personal emails, um, Twitter responses saying, Jed, we want wow. you to know we're praying for you. And so, you know, people don't know if you don't ask. And so when you ask some people, well, some people will say yes. Some people won't. And so the some won't reminds me, no is normal. You know, if um, you ask somebody for help and they say no, um, sometimes no is I'd like to help, but I can't. Sometimes it's a no yeah. for now. Sometimes it's I'm not interested in at all, um, but some won't. Just reminds me that the bottom line is that having some people say no is normal. It's not horrible, awful, terrible, or anything unusual. It's just kind of part of asking. And so that goes to the next one, which is, so what? Somebody says no, so what? What's the big deal? I had a friend who used to say, Jack, you should ask. Worst that's going to happen is somebody's going to say no, and that's really not a big deal. I know it seems like common sense, but I, I remember thinking, yeah, why am, I, why am I not asking? Why am I spending so much time worrying about this, being anxious, um, you know, asking? Worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get a no. And then the last one is my favorite. It's um, somebody's waiting. And the whole point is, is if you ask enough people, eventually somebody's going to say yes. So some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. Wow. What do you think? Kind of one of my my new favorite asking formulas. Asking formula. <laughs> SW times four. How about that? <laughs> Jen? <laughs> okay. Jen, I think a lot of people don't ask because they're afraid of the word no. But I like what you said because they actually use that in the sales world. 
you know, you have to, you know, ask, you have to get as many no's, a lot more no's before you get a yes. And that's, you know, what they use in the sales world because not everybody's going to say yes and not everybody's going to say no, but you got to at least knock on enough doors until you get a yes. So I like that, Jess. Absolutely. Well, and that's something I dove into this morning when I was doing a little extra um, asking research is it's huge in the sales world. Um, if you don't if you don't ask, nobody's going to check out your product. Um, something that I'm quickly learning as an author, you can't just publish a book and put it up on Amazon. Um, you've got to tell people about your book. You've got to ask people to buy it. You've got to learn how to yes. do the marketing and yes. advertising, or it will just sit there lonely and alone. Right. So, well, that's what the something that that's what the whole system. I'm sorry. I just want to say morning. that. Oh, go for yeah, it. Jen. I'm sorry about that. We are in a time delay between California and the Virgin Islands. That's why we run over each other. I was just about to say that's the reason why the authors in the authors' corner with their chain came into existence because authors needed to be asking questions, part one, and then the other side of that is other people need to be asking the, the uh, authors' questions. So authors need to be answering questions and also asking questions themselves. So that's how that came about, because as you can see, asking questions plays a very important role. As a matter of fact, if you look at the communication process, we can get a lot more clarification from someone or understand of what they really mean by asking a clarifying question. For example, if mm-hmm. I said, if somebody were to say to me, oh, I'm hot, well, that word hot could have about four, five, six, many different interpretations. Which one does he mean? Which one does she mean? So the only way I would know for sure what that person means, part one, and part two, what he wants me, he or she wants me to do about it, part two, and then there's a part three maybe. The only way I would know is to ask the question. What do you mean when you say hot? Ah, what should I do when you say hot? Oh, those questions are very important. Absolutely. I got a quote from Peter Drucker that says, my greatest strength as a consultant is to be ignorant and ask a few questions. And this is something (laughs) I'm learning to do. Kind of with my, Uh um, one of my next books that's coming out, um, for the first time ever, I had two different book covers done up, and I put them both both up, and I said, which one do you like better? Um, You know, what tweaks could I make? What could I do differently? And just the feedback from other people has been, been incredible, things that I never thought of. Um, mm-hmm. I'll get comments back, and I'll think, that's a really good idea. You know, I wish I would have seen that, or I should have thought of that. So See? there's another quote that says, ask the right questions if you're going to find the right answers. I think asking good questions is, is so important and such a strength to have. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, Jed. You can ask a million questions, but if it's not the right question, you're not going to get the right answer. <laughs> and playing dumb is another sales, sales technique that's used in the industry. You know, um, even if you're an expert, if you play dumb while you're speaking to somebody, you'll be able to get, you know, the underlying factor from the other person. Yeah, and it's always amazing how much we learn when we take the time to listen. I mean, even when it mm-hmm. starts off as, playing dumb, even when it starts off as 
asking questions that we think we already know the answer to, a lot of times the conversation progresses a little bit, and all of a sudden, you know, my jaw has hit the floor, and I'm like, okay, wait, I'm learning new stuff now. I thought I knew all of it, and now that I'm asking questions, I'm finding out I didn't really know as much as I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I think it's also a good thing for you to ask questions too, so you can, you know, get to know exactly what another perspective from other people. And it's always good to learn because, of course, you don't know everything. So, like I said before, you can ask all a million questions, but if you don't ask the right questions, you won't get the right answer. <laughs> So it's almost like we're looking at two different sides of asking. We're looking at asking good questions, and then we're also looking at asking for things that we need. So let's jump back over to asking for what we need for a minute. I wrote out a list this morning of 10 things that it's okay to ask for. Okay. Um, you guys ready for it? Yes. I'm Go ahead. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> this, is, this is probably one of the simplest lists ever. But for me, it's, um, it's almost like permission to ask or somebody saying it's okay to ask. There's a lot of times I think we think, you know, I really can't ask for that. So in a relationship, whether you're married, dating, um, just with friends, it's okay to ask for, ready, a hug, time together, help with chores around the house, help with meals, help watching the kids, Help with a school assignment. The college professor, I love this one. I love when the students team up and work together. Um, not when they share answers, but when they help each other get through the assignment. I think the work's always so much better that way. Um, help yeah. with a referral or somebody who can help. It's okay to ask for a date. It's okay to ask for more affection in the relationship. It's okay to ask for a break. What do you guys think? Agree, disagree? Agree. I agree, too. Communication is key, and I think those are great questions. Well, and I think there's kind of this myth or this misnomer that if somebody's close to us or really cares about us, we'll just know what we need and they'll take care of it. Right. But I know in my own relationship that's, that's not true. I love it when Jenny asks. Um, even if it's something simple, there's there's so many times where I want to help, I just don't know what to do next. Yes, exactly. I think we go back when we uh, when we go back to the communication process. Sometimes we have to go through a ping pong effect. Mm-hmm. Jed, you asked me a question, but I don't know exactly what you mean, so I turn around and ask you a question, and you come back. You could either make a statement or ask a question. And if you ask a question, then we're going into the third level of ping-ponging back and forth with questions. Sometimes that happens, and it needs to happen, so we can get to the wrong point. If we don't do that, sometimes we're making assumptions. Well, let me use an example. Hot. Well, Jed, you said you were hot. What does that really mean? Oh, I was talking about the weather. Okay, then I asked you another question. Well, what do you want me to do about the weather? Oh, I didn't want you to do anything about the weather. I just making a statement. Oh, you're making a statement. And then we could go back and forth, back and forth. But what is the bottom line? 
and we need to be able to make sure our message is clear when we ask those questions. As you said earlier, if you don't ask the right question, you won't get the right answer. But there's a process of getting to the right question and a process of getting to the right answer. Well, and what you said is so key in relationships. I think we get ourselves in trouble too often when we assume because we see ourselves, yeah. you know, with a frown on their face or looking upset. Yeah. And I think our tendency yep. is to think they're mad at me. They're upset with what I'm doing right now. And, yes. you know, sometimes we dive in and try to fix the problem. Only later on to discover, yes, you know, it wasn't about that at, at all. Um, yes. I had a professor who had this great line. He said, often, you know, the other person's reaction says more about what's going on inside of them than it does about us. And so I think yes. so often, at least in my life, I'll jump to the conclusion that, you know, this person's upset with me or they don't like what I'm doing right now when really it's they were fighting traffic the whole way to this class. And it's not that they're not enjoying the class. They're just stressed out, but they sit and spend, you know, the last 45 minutes in a traffic jam thinking, oh, am I going to make it to class on time? You know, or so right. I'm relaxing and see somebody else sitting tense and I'm thinking, oh, that person thinks I need to be working now or getting something done when really they're having a frustrating day. Um, you know, their kiddos were crying the whole way to or from work. Um, so I love what you say, just asking, hey, how can I help right now? What's going on? You know, you look like you're frustrated. Did I do something or is there something else happening? Yes. I think when we put Jen, a, I think a, a statement in Go ahead. Well, I was going to say I like um, how Jed said that and how and we know it was presented. I think if a lot more people asked that within relationships, it would save a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. So are you a relationship coach? I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be. We're working on it. <laughs> well, I think you're barking up the right tree. You're good. Oh, thank you. Hey, so here's something else today. I did. I did a little bit of research on no this morning, and um, this was kind of for me personally. A lot of times when I write um, or jump into topics like asking, um, like I did this week, it's really this is something that I'm learning about and I'm excited about. And one of the things that I'm constantly reminding myself of is how how normal no is. Um, so one of the things that I found it, found out is in 1919, Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas City Star, and here's what his editor said. You ready? Yes. He said, Walt Disney lacked imagination and has no good ideas. (laughs) This is the guy who went on to, you know, create Disneyland theme park and um, just, you know, some of the most creative and fun animated movies of all time. Yes. Yes. So for me, this was just a reminder not to personalize no. I think, you know, sometimes one person says no, and for me personally, I tend to think, oh, okay, that was a bad idea. I need to go with something else. That's kind of a good thing Walt Disney didn't do that. And so for me, it's it's a reminder not to take no personally. Somebody else might be having a bad day, um, 
they might just see the world differently than we do. So it's okay to get a no, and it's okay to keep going and, and keep asking. Well, if I may jump in for a minute, I'd like to say receiving a no is like receiving a flashlight. The flashlight helps you walk your path through the darkness. So a no tells you, oops, that's a bump. Go in the other direction. Oops, there's another bump. Mm-hmm. Go in the other direction. And if we keep going, although we're hitting the bumps, we will eventually get to where we want to go. And that's what a flashlight does for us. It helps us find a way. And the no's help us find a way. But if we stop at the first bump, what happens? Then we are stuck. And it becomes quicksand. And you know what quicksand does? It sucks everything under. Mm-hmm. I agree. Really, really great little inspirational photo that was going around Facebook for a while. Um, have you seen it? It would say, um, you know, what I think my life should look like. And it would show like a straight arrow going up. And then it says, you know, what the path to a successful like really looks like and it shows an arrow going up and doing a loop and diving back down going backwards you know and ultimately going up and higher but I looked at that and just it resonated with me because I'm like that is that is so me that is so my life you know I think things should just progress in a straight line forward and really um, I end up doing loops going down for a while coming back up taking a couple steps backwards and then heading in the right direction yeah Jed I like what you said about Disney I mean and that proves that you shouldn't just take one no and you know give up I think you should never give up regardless of what it is knock on more doors so you can get a yes because not everybody's going to be on the same wavelength with you so I like that kind of a no is normal couple steps backwards normal Mm mm-hmm Exactly. Having people not on the same wavelength, like you said, is absolutely normal. So here's one more. Um, Jerry Seinfeld apparently had a very minor role on a sitcom called Benson. And um, I didn't know this about Seinfeld, but he was um, fired from it and only found out after he showed up for a read-through and discovered his part was missing from the script. Wow. What a devastating no. What a devastating way for somebody to tell you, oh, we're not interested in you acting exactly. What a great thing that he didn't give up there or stop his acting and comedy career with with one no. Wow. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can imagine. Well, so I think me, that opportunity is, probably opened up more doors for him. You know, when and that that's normally what it is that segued into something else. Isn't that so true? Sometimes getting the no it just means. There's something better out there. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. I like that. What a great way to reframe it. Say, hey, this could be opening up a new and better opportunity. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting that we're all here today because somebody asked. I know yeah, um, it was just a couple months ago, ATN, that you asked me to come do this show with you guys, and I'm, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did, too. I'm glad you accepted. It's a learning <laughs> coffee shop morning experience. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You know, this this reminds me of, of uh, college days. 
sit in the coffee shop before you go to classes and you meet with your classmates or your schoolmates and having a round robin chit chat or about topic at hand or whatever that's going on. And that's basically what we're doing. We are learning while chatting. We're not lecturing or, or anything academic. It's just a matter of how can we help each other improve ourselves in our faith, our families, our relationships. And Jed, I have to thank you for that. I saw that in you when I first saw you. And remember, <laughs> remember when we were talking about uh, Pinterest and you were the Spider-Man? <laughs> I can never forget this image. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go way back. Oh, I love those false. First of all, I had a blast learning how to do Pinterest with you. And um, Okay. I love those college days, though, too. I'm just sitting around drinking coffee, um, brainstorming, and um, yeah. asking good questions, getting a lot of different people's thoughts and opinions and realizing, man, yeah. um, there's a lot that I can learn from other people. Yes. And that's the good thing about having a on-campus education because when I went to college, my first year, I was completely blown away. I did not have any orientation about what college was about. I was the – my sister went to college, but she was away in Puerto Rico, and I was in St. Thomas. I didn't really know what the college experience was. And I was of the belief that college was you sit in a classroom, the professor is going to open a book and pour all this information into your brain, and you walk out of there four years later educated. Now, <laughs> was I wrong? Because, as we said, I did a lot of learning outside of the classroom. I did a lot of learning by getting failing grades. I did a lot of learning by doing extra work when my one professor invited me to do some extra work. So it became obvious to me there's a lot more ways to learn than just sit in the classroom listening to a lecture. And when that became a reality to me, man, I was like a a fisherman looking for all the bait I could find to learn more things from. And I tend to gravitate, gravitate towards the easy way, like like videos and, and movies or, or uh, I don't know, Internet. There's always ways to learn more things. And that's, I think, one of the things that we all three of us have in common. We're always looking for ways to learn more things. And I think, Shatil, we talked about that at one time, too. We're always learning and I was looking for ways to learn more. You're right. Absolutely. And I'm always learning on this show, especially from Jed and you, ATM, because you all have different perspectives of things, and I'm able to incorporate that into my personal life as well. Fantastic. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting that I always saw, too, and I want to pass this on to our audience, I always thought when I – I used to do a lot of group therapy sessions when I was in the, in the Air Force, and that was my job in mental health. But I always – nobody told me I had to do this. I, it was just my intuition. If I were going to have a group co-therapist or co-facilitator, I always tend to choose to choose a female. And why did I do that? I didn't particularly pay any attention to that first, but now that as I can look back, I, I see – the advantage of having a male and female co-facilitators is that, one, people react differently to different genders. And, two, different genders will ask different questions. As a male, I would ask different types of questions that a female would ask. And we were able to cover a lot more material in an hour than it would have if it were just 
male-on-male co-facilitators. Does that make sense? It's kind of that value and diversity yes. of getting, getting opinions and ideas from people who are different than us. Covering the waterfront, we used to say. <laughs> That's in all corners. Exactly. I'm sorry. All right, go, guys. I I'm did, listening. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's another reason why I did it again. Here's Chitila and I do a show for people who are victims and survivors of problem areas. And I could have easily have asked a male to be a co-host, but it makes a lot more sense to me to have a female because of the reason I just gave that they are different questions that will be posed than if it were just all male or both male. Absolutely. I think, well, um, what, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. I was going to say that ties in with asking again and again and again. Um, a, lot of, a lot of questions you don't just ask once. You know, if you're going to get the right answers, you've got to ask the right questions, but you've also got to ask the right people too. And um, sometimes asking maybe the right couple of people. Right. I've always been a person to say, you know, to people, you can ask people anything. It's just the way that you ask people, you know, because you can yeah. ask one way and mean it another or say another way. You know, it, it all depends on the way that you present the question. So, you know, I think it's a difference between a male and a female. And a lot of people, they don't, like you said earlier, they don't ask the right questions so you won't get the right answers. But I've always, always been a true believer that you can ask people anything. It's just the way in which you present the question. Absolutely. All right, guys, I have got to sneak out. Um, that is all I've got for today. Um, and I've got to take off with, um, our little kiddo again. We're getting ready to go hike another mountain. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> have fun in the mountains. <laughs> yeah. So before you go, before you go, just mention the name of the book again. So the book that I was reading is called The Aladdin Factor. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny. Normally books that make reference to Aladdin or have a genie and a magic lamp on the cover, normally I avoid those like crazy um, just because there's so many self-help books out there, leadership books and psychology books that um, over-promise and under-deliver. And this one maybe does it once or twice, but um, for the most part, it just does a really good job of um, inspiring, at least it did for me, inspiring me to ask more questions, ask people for help more often, and even just giving permission to ask for the little things, the reminder that um, if I don't ask for things that I need help with, things that I want in the relationship, the other person won't know. And it's really unfair for me to expect other people to be mind readers and just know what I'm going to need. Yeah. So it's far, yeah. far better to um, put the ask out there. And next week I'll come up with an acronym ASK. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Ask you about All next right. week. <laughs> All right. All right, Jess. Thank you much. Take care. We'll see you around. Bye, Jess. Hey, I look forward to next week. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, well, well. Asking 
provides answers. Answers provide guidance. Guidance provides a path to get to our goals. And it all starts with where we want to go. And sometimes we just blur things out to know what that means. And as we were discussing today, people can't read our minds. We have to make it clear for them what we want. And what we want and what we need are two different things. But if we can clarify our communication, it becomes easier for our listeners to know what to do, to know how to respond if we phrase it properly in a way that we want it to go. Is that making sense, Shadila? Yes, 18, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. I'm with you on that one. Good. <laughs> okay, very good, very good. Well, shall we be this to dead or shall we move on to something else? I don't think we should move on to something else. Okay. What's going on on your, your end of the world? Anything you want to mention? Any upcoming events come, coming up? Not that I can think of right now. I'm just excited to finally be back and getting acclimated back to the family life since I returned back from the Virgin Islands, but that's about it. Well, I got a question for you. Since you yes. returned to the Atlanta area and your son has started taking karate, how is that working for him? Well, he's loving it. Um, he goes to practice. He's just got his uniform and He's able to hang out with children his age and learn how to, you know, do self-defense, which I think is a great thing. Um, But he's loving Mm -hmm. karate, or it's not karate, it's uh, taekwondo. He's loving it. Um, It's a self-defense class, and it's teaching him, you know, to protect himself against bullies. Okay, good, good. How has his self-esteem changed or had to change? Well, being that it's his second week, I can see a lot of improvement within his self-esteem, but we still have a far way to go. But I do see improvement with that. It's making him more self-assured and um, affording him the chance to even look forward to somebody challenging him at this point. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, I know his little sister likes to imitate everything he does. Uh, She also, also says that she's going to school and she has a homework to do like he does. Is she on yes. the verge of saying she wanted to go to karate class too? <laughs> or taekwondo class? Yes, the first day actually she seen him take his shoes off. She said, Mommy, can I take my shoes off? Can I go out there with Keely so I have to stop her from going out there with him because she <laughs> will get out there with him. <laughs> she wants oh, to do everything goodness. he does. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's good learning age for her and that's good. That's how she develops because she wants to not because she has to. And right. I, I learned it a long time ago. We do things a lot more passionately when we do it because we want to, not because we have to. So that's good. Develop right. those those interests with them, and they'll, they'll take them places. Fantastic. Well, well you. what's your closing thought? What's your closing thoughts on today's topic about asking? Well, my closing thoughts is regardless of how many no's you get, continue to you know, knock on more doors so you can get a yes and just one no. Don't allow that to discourage you. Never give up and ask for what you need or it won't happen. You know, and I did hear one of you all say, you know, you're not a mind reader, which a lot of people automatically assume yeah. things. So, you know, you want to stay away from that. You know, be clear for what you need. Have clarity. 
we have open communication and ask for what it is that you need, and you shall receive. Fantastic, fantastic. And my closing thought on that basically is when we ask, don't just throw out what I want, throw out what I need. More specifically, clarify to the listener what is it you need so that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish. One of the shortcomings I've noticed with some students that that I've taught in the past would be the habit of giving one-word answers or one-word questions. You coming? Well, coming where? To the party. Which party? At my house. What time? And you see what happens when they ask such a one-worded question, I have to come back with another question, and it goes back and forth like a ping-pong, and before you know it, it becomes an interrogation rather than a discussion. So my, my, my summary point is this. When we ask a question, we need to organize it in our head first instead of just spilling it out a little bit at a time, which becomes frustrating to the listener because it eats up a lot of time and it gets done accomplished quickly. So if nothing else, listeners, make sure you clarify in your own mind what you want, what you need, how you're going to say it, and make it as clear as possible to the listener. As a matter of fact, I just came up with a thought. I'll put that into the ask. We'll see you around. Thank you for being here. So long, everybody. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. 7 a.m. Pacific time, 8 Mountain, 9 Central, and 10 Eastern in Atlantic time. So long, so long, so long. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.